Hey, upstairs, Steve, do you like apples? Sure. Well, I haven't seen us covering uh, Good Will Hunting. How do you like them apples? I hate you so goddamn much, Tommy. Good Will Hunting, coming up next. Haven't Seen It with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenay. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today that is Tommy. Tommy, you're kind of a little like Will Hunting. Did you know that? Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm you're, the savant. You, <laughs> you're the savant of strictly like terrible horror movies from the 70s 80s and 90s like like <laughs> equals in that regard I got my, I got, advanced yeah. quantum Anything physics else, no. not so advanced quantum physics not so much but uh we are not alone here today we have two special guests with us uh returning from the podcast we have upstairs steve coming back uh, again and we also have with us horseshoe blake coming in hey guys so boys, welcome to the podcast. Blake, this is your first time uh, on the show here. Uh, maybe just uh, tell a little bit of folks about, you know, what kind of movies you like, a little bit about the your, your taste, and uh, maybe a little bit about your relationship with Goodwill Hunting. Well, anytime someone asks me what my favorite movies are, it's always two particular films. It's always Goodwill Hunting and Tommy Boy. And I know that those are not exactly similar movies, but they're they're my go-to one and two uh i just i absolutely love this movie i love the soundtrack i love elliot smith so i always love the, the sound of this movie uh I, I like a lot of other gus van zandt movies he's the director of this movie and, and he just does an outstanding job uh yeah i i freaking love google hunting but ironically i don't really like many other matt damon movies i just have to say that uh but these guys this one they they capture lightning in a bottle and it's it's a great movie it's definitely a lightning in a bottle movie uh, that we'll dive we'll dive more into, but as we always do here on the podcast, we uh, talk about movies we we've seen lately. So Tommy, I'll let you kick it off here. What did you see recently? Uh, yeah, so a week ago now, um, I saw The Flash, and oh my god, why the fuck did I see this movie? Awful. Um, that's all I can say. I mean, Whoa. it was, cool. it was awful. It was- yeah, yeah, this is coming from Tommy. So yeah. Um, okay. Well, this is a wait. Like, like before you continue, Tommy. Just so like all of our superhero listeners are like clear, this is the Tommy Tavenet that said that Batman versus Superman was good. I and said it was he, okay. He only has it. He, I don't he, know about that. He gave he gave on his letterbox. He has Batman versus Superman and the Lord of the Rings trilogy all the same ratings. So I mean, yeah, kind of... that's what it was. I remember we had this uh, like when I was the first guest, uh, the first time I was a guest, <laughs> and um, Tommy rated uh, what movie did we do? Fuck, from Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> yes, from Dust Till Dawn, the Lord of the Rings and Batman Superman all have three out of five stars. So now yeah. the Flash was worse. Yeah. Than Batman um, Superman. Yeah, it was just <laughs> the plot was convoluted. There's no plot really. The CGI was like something out of like your PS1 game or whatever, or like you know, N64 level CGI, where there's like polygons and shit like that. It was just bizarre. Um, Ezra Miller is just annoying. Um, I mean, we covered this on what was that movie we covered again? Uh, the Fault perks of being perks of being a wallflower. 
the perks of being some bullshit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Ezra, yeah, yeah. We, we didn't like that movie either. So Ezra Miller, yeah. I'm kind of out on him. I mean, like, but Michael Keaton, great seeing him in the bat suit. That's the main positive thing I can say about this movie. He was well, awesome as Batman. So, that's the only reason I would be invested at all to begin with. And now I'm not going to see it because it's a bad movie. It's not worth it. I, you know a movie's bad. I saw Fandango was running ads for The Flash. Uh, buy one ticket and you get one free for any other movie. So uh, <laughs> any other movie was it any other <laughs> movie or maybe it was just buy <laughs> no, no, one? I, I, I think it's for The Flash. Like there. It's like that meme well, of like it's like the yeah, Mets are please. terrible where it's like damn somebody broke into my car. I had two Mets tickets in the car and somebody broke in and left four more. It's like that with The Flash. They're like, uh, can we just get somebody in the theater for this? this is just it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's getting like fucking like mediocre reviews and just like I don't know. I mean, it's cool seeing Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is in the Flash too, which you know is Batman. <laughs> Briefly, okay. I won't yeah. ever, I won't ever see it. Uh, Blake, yeah, give me a movie that you watched recently. I went and saw Asteroid City in the theaters uh, on Sunday morning, and it was it was mm. exceptional. If you like Wes Anderson movies, it's all it's all for you, man. It's uh. It's all the same old characters you see, plus plus some some actors who I hadn't seen in his movies before. Tom Hanks is in it; he does a great job. Matt Dillon is in it; I love him in that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was just a good time. Jeff Goldblum even pops up at one point. Hey, hey! So uh, yeah, if you like Wes Anderson movies, then go see Asteroid City. That's all I can really say. Also, I I just want to say this as somebody who's vehemently against the AI art movement because it all looks the same and looks like nonsense. Like, I, I don't know why they've, like, picked on Wes Anderson as, like, the style to be, like, what if Wes Anderson made X franchise that I know? And it's, like, Is he, 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 have you people seen his movies before? Like, there are these, like, goofy little comedies with, like, surreal moments in them. They're not, well, like... Well, he, he's, like, the one yeah. one of the few directors that has, like, a distinct visual style now these days. In, like, 2023. I mean, like, mm-hmm. Tim, Tim Burton's on his way out, essentially. I mean, like, and Wes Anderson, I'm trying to think of other ones that, like, have very distinct visual, like palettes you can aesthetics you can go over jj abrams and lens flares yeah jj and lens flares maybe i'm just thinking not thinking film film wise but (laughs) But yeah for me i i've always enjoyed wes anderson movies when like they don't always like resonate like stick with me for a while but like whenever i go and see them i always have like a really good time when i watch them uh really like isle of the dogs i saw that in theaters it was great it was such a cute little adventure and what's interesting about Wes Anderson movies is like I like nobody really knows when they're about to come out. It's just like, oh, Wes Anderson made another movie, and then like you know, a week before it's released, you start seeing commercials for it. There's no real hype behind it until like up when it's about to like launch in theaters, you know? Well, yeah, like especially French Dispatch, like nobody fucking heard about that movie. <laughs> well, that was that was COVID definitely affected that. But you know, I, I feel like Wes Anderson, he's one of the great film directors of like our of our age. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, the The Grand Budapest Hotel is is like a literal masterpiece. Yeah, it's, that's a easily, it's easily his best work. Um, and like I would I would have no problem putting him up with like Paul Thomas Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, like very yep. distinct voice, very unique voice in this field. And people think that AI can replicate it, and it's like no, you can't. But Blake, I'm glad Asteroid City was good. I'm very excited to see it. Steve, what about you? What's a, what's a movie you saw recently? Um, I watched The Mule recently. It just came on Netflix. <laughs> it's been popping up all over Netflix. Yeah, no, it it was uh it was decent. I like I was expecting a little more of a twist. Like I kind of like that's one of those movies where I kind of called it like as it was going on because it's like I don't know I uh. 
you, I watch movie movies detective. in parts. <laughs> like, so, I so want... you pondered over you like let me think of the clues. Hold yeah, on, no. Clue break right now. <laughs> I'm just like I, I, so like I, I watch it in my bedroom over here, right? And like I'm just flipping through it in bed, and, that, and that's my biggest problem is like I can't watch movies while I'm lying down, especially ones that I haven't seen because like. When I start to get a little sleepy, I'm like, all right, I have to put it on pause because if I fall asleep during the movie, I need to take this then I got to rewind and I, I have to do like investigative, like sort of research on like when I fell asleep exactly. And it's all involved. So like I just pause and then I start thinking about the clues and I'm like, hmm, all right, well, you got like Clint Eastwood here who's about like, like 90 going on 110. So um, he's probably going to get caught. He's probably gonna fucking snitch, and if he doesn't snitch, he's gonna plead guilty because what else does he have to lose? And oh yeah, he's gonna kind of you know, uh, you know, form amends with his family because again, what does he have to lose? But very heartfelt story. I liked it. Well, speaking of geriatric men, I watched uh, in anticipation of a geriatric man returning to the big screen in one of his most iconic roles. I watched Indiana Jones. Nice. And the last yeah, crusade nice. after Temple of Doom, keeping my streak going. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull again for the second time in my life. At some point you shouldn't. You you really shouldn't. I feel like it's probably not as bad as we remember. It's just it's just not gonna be as good as the original three. All yeah, I want to say on Last Crusade, which I would assume Stephen Blake can speak on, and Tommy can't because he just still has not seen that movie. Um, that we, I don't know if it's Spielberg's greatest film, but I feel like if if you were going to do the Academy Awards and give for and it was just Spielberg movies and assign different awards to it, like I would give that movie best director, like for out of all the Spielberg catalogs, just like I feel like his directing that man was just a machine, just cranking it out. It is so good, just like the little callback, like like the little foreshadowings and themes. And just like the way the camera moves and the transitions, like everything about it just is so captivating. Um, I, I feel like it's, you know, it's just a little bit too much of a retread of Raiders for it to pass that in terms of the movie itself, in my opinion. It's the second best one, in my opinion. But uh, it's just such a wonderful time. And it was I just like, I don't think Spielberg has been a better director. It yeah. has some of the the best action sequences as far oh, as an yeah. Indiana Jones film goes. I mean, you know, with all the stuff on the Zeppelin, with the the tanks out in the desert, uh, and and how cool is it that you know when you find out who Indiana Jones' father is, that it's freaking James Bond. Like they they got John Connery, the yeah, Indiana's cool. dad. They they really just they hit a home run with that one. That was a great. That's a great movie. It's it's up Absolutely. there with Raiders. It's not it's not quite as good as Raiders, but it's it's a uh, it it. It's a different film. You can't compare it. It's a little more family friendly, which because when we talked about Temple of Doom, Temple of Doom, it was like this weird blend of like this voodoo magic, but also trying to be like a family friendly film, which like it felt a little jarring, to be honest, because it was like a family friendly film where you're ripping somebody's heart out of their chest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it feels. Yeah, that's what I think about family friendly. The the, the tonal difference. This one was a little way more into that, like like where it was just, you could take the family to go see it. They're going to have a great time outside of Indiana Jones and his father both uh, sleeping with the same woman. There's nothing really controversial (laughs) in it. Yeah. 
But not like, as family friendly as Schindler's List, though, guys. Let's be real. <laughs> you are making out during Schindler's List. <laughs> Actually, funny callback to making out. Um, I was um, I was what? doing that. I was doing that during Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I was with my like first girlfriend at the time. Wait, like, yeah. eighth grade girlfriend? You're bragging about your eighth grade girlfriend, right? Now. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 all right, everybody, listen up. Steve got some when he was like 15. All right, <laughs> but uh, really, what did it for me was the uh, nuclear Way to go. bomb-proof uh, refrigerator. <laughs> And that, that, scene was, was, that scene was sick, though. I think it's a really well-shot scene. It's goofy. I, it's cheesy. It's cheesy bullshit. I mean, it makes sense for Nia Jones. I they didn't like to overhate it. I don't I, know. It just it was it I, I, like right after the pre, it came out right after the prequels, and it was just one of those like it's just it, it, like once you lose the magic of it, like of the of the original like that original time frame when they filmed them. Like it's just never gonna hit the same. And then there was like wonky, like the wonky CG. I remember, and it kind of just dragged a little bit. Um, but I feel like I feel like the it's gonna be. I feel like it's gonna get a lot more respect after Dial of Destiny comes out. Now I haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet, but that's just a hunch. All right. It's well, just, we're gonna have a hunch. Well, yeah, and we're gonna have a hunch over Goodwill Hunting. This boy's genius is unparalleled. Critics call Goodwill Hunting wickedly funny. It's a winner. I'd do anything to have what you got. Siskel and Ebert give it two big thumbs up. And now it's been nominated for nine Academy Awards, including Best Actor Matt Damon, Best Director Gus Van Sant, Best Supporting Actor Robin Williams, Best Supporting Actress Minnie Driver, Best Screenplay. I love you. And Best Picture of the Year, Goodwill Hunting, rated R, now playing. So Blake, I'm gonna kick this over to you first. As you mentioned, this is one of your your favorite movies of all time. So I'd love to kind of get your relationship with this movie in a little more depth here and, and what it means to you. So I don't know when I first saw it. I must have been 16, 17 years old. But uh, it, it, I mean, a lot of people identify with with Will Hunting. It's almost a it's a meme now at this point. Like uh, I know they reference it on Always Sunny of like you and you go out in wood and all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always just thought that he's a well, he's a it's a strange character, and obviously Matt Damon wrote the character for himself, so of course he's a genius. He, he's everyone wants to be him, but uh, I always just thought that the character was really identifiable. And uh, who doesn't want to be the guy who can just show up and be the smartest guy in the room without even really trying? And uh, it, just a great, great movie. I, I think a couple of cool things about it is how uh, I know you guys are all Kevin Smith fans. Uh, Kevin Smith. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't speak for me there, please. Okay. Well, I know that there are two <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith fans. There are two big Kevin Smith fans here, yeah. <laughs> Kevin I like Smith is the one who, who helped uh, really get this movie going because Matt Damon had this script and they shared it with Miramax and originally they wanted Kevin Smith to direct it and he's like, I, I'm not capable enough to direct this movie <laughs> that you have here. This is way too good. We're going <laughs> to pass this on to Miramax and they'll get you a real director to go direct this and that's how they got hooked up with Gus Van Sant. But it actually was originally supposed to be a, a, a U.S.U. universe picture. Yeah, at, le- at least Kevin Smith had the foresight right there. He's like, okay, this is way the way better than what I could get right here. Um, apparently, they brought this movie to Rob Reiner at first. Uh, the first draft of this movie was like 
there's going to be a whole like different other plot. Like the second half was going to be like the NSA was going to be like uh, hiring him and he joins the NSA. And then like, it's a thriller from there on out where it's just like the smartest <laughs> guy is making shit. And then like Rob Reiner, when he like bought the script at first, is like cut the thriller shit out, just make it like about the therapist. And like, you yeah. know, you don't need all that other fucking bullshit, all that extra chop up. And I then, um, yeah. And then apparently like the fucking, um, studios went uh before miramax took it over uh they wanted brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio's leads which that would have been a good movie <laughs> yeah i i can if, see that at least if once um, upon a time in hollywood is any indication yeah yeah that would be a good movie <laughs> but apparently miramax bought the script and uh the reason they took miramax also was that uh they wrote ben affleck and matt damon wrote uh, a scene in the that was in the middle of the script of just like a random sudden gay oral sex scene <laughs> Just to fucking just show exactly read it. Yeah, just to see if they'd read it. So like Harvey Weinstein um you know bought the script and he was like, Yeah, I love the movie. What the fuck is up with the gay oral sex scene? <laughs> oh, you read that. Oh, good. There you go. Oh, cool. You read the script, then cool, awesome. You you're the one guy who did it. Yeah, <laughs> so it also just praise it and not bring up that one part. Like, this is too uncomfortable. We were just gonna skirt past that. <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, he was like, Yeah, I read it. I read it. Oh, you guys don't want to do it? Good. Okay. Well, I'm hitting the button on my door and now get on your knees. Uh that's what happened at Harvey Weinstein's office. Uh oh my god. But, it's like, how do they know what I do in my office? They wrote a whole scene about it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like I, you know, you're saying Leo and Brad Pitt, and like it would have been good. Like they're two excellent actors. I feel like there is that, like they're Damon and Affleck are both Boston boys, right? Like hmm. it very much has, and it has that like these guys are kind of unknowns. Like like we're taking a shot on them because it's their script. I feel like it, it, like it gives that energy off, you know, you know, like that. I don't necessarily know that Pitt and and DiCaprio would have brought just because, like, like you could just feel that it was very personal to to both of them in in their performances, which were both excellent. Um, and for me, this this movie was very interesting because it's very much a study of like of like masculinity and like just like no father figure and like trying to find somebody with with all the talent in the world and no but and no never having any direction at all and you have two father figures clashing over which way his life should go and i thought it made it i thought it just was like a very interesting like like father son dynamic and and very interesting case on like masculinity and just like effort you know like he's with mini driver which you know i i hadn't watched this movie in a couple years and i think i i didn't realize how great she was in this movie or i I had forgotten because like that was the performance that really stood out to me this time like how like she was just fantastic i felt like uh, especially the scene where she uh you know is telling will that that she loves him and she wants him to go to california with him Mm -hmm. uh and then you know it's like oh this isn't a surgery, Mark. I got stabbed. Do you want to hear like you know that, that scene? Like I just thought she was like terrific in that moment. Um, and I her banter in general was yeah, like, amazing. Her, her and Damon just had really great chemistry. Uh, I do want to just put out my one my one little nitpick because I would say this is a pretty much a perfect screenplay. Um, my one little nitpick is the 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 fight scene that kind of starts the whole thing uh, up. It just felt very random and felt like, well, how do we get him into the courthouse to have to go to therapy 
oh, we'll just see somebody throw something at a girl and just get out of the car and, and wail on them. And I, I felt like, eh, could have. Well, they, they said that they, they had beef. They had beef prior to that. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt, it didn't feel as as well set up. It's it's not like bad. It's just like, considering how well set up like the whole rest of the movie is, like to me, like like the first shot of the movie once the, the title crawl is, is, is the blue car sitting outside waiting for Will, right? Like then that mm-hmm. just becomes one of the standing images, mm-hmm. one of the most famous iconic scenes in the movie. Uh, you know, if you're still here in 20 years, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing about that whole fight scene is, and what you kind of was also goofy. Yeah. It was very goofily choreographed. I, oh I well, got, totally. I got yeah, 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 hundred percent. I, I mean, it, that it, one shot where Casey it, it, like, it, it, just had a punch, and he like the camera shot, it jumps back, and I, I thought it was actually really well done. Uh, it was very 90s though it, it was very 90s it worked yeah. yeah this this listen it's very hard to criticize a like a truly outstanding movie it was one of those my little annoying internet nitpicky brains which is like hmm, this is the only and it was it's not like a hole it was just, it just felt a little rushed it felt like it could have just taken place at the baseball game you know like the the interaction where they just he gets in his face or whatever like uh, it just felt like a little more. It was, it was just a follow up. It was just the follow up to that part because I yeah. think it was really after that scene you see that happen. So it was just like, okay, we're touching back on that. But it could have been anything too, because I mean, as you go to learn, Will Hunting has like you know a rap sheet that extends all the way down to Southie. If you want to call it that. June ninety three assault. September ninety three assault. February ninety four yeah. grand theft auto. January ninety five impersonating <laughs> an officer. Mayhem. There you go. Could have been anything. So, the, like, the, it's one of those things where it was like, all right, let's just throw a rushed fight scene because this guy's a fucking menace to society as it is, you know? Yeah, and so part of it is showing off his hot-headed nature and just, mm-hmm. like, his... Uh, he acts on his emotions. And, you know, when you talk about it as, like, you know, kind of the subtext of this is kind of, like, defining masculinity, right? Where it's kind of, like, like what is the right path? And, like... There's that the it's I feel like a very underrated scene is right before the it's not your fault scene it's not your fault it's not your fault when um what's when um they're Robin Williams and what's the what's the other guy that's been in a million things what's that actor's Stellan name Stellan Skarsgård Stellan Skarsgård when they're just duking it out about his like Will's path and like like you could just feel the passion both of them have for him where they both like mm-hmm. see it and they just it's just ideological differences. And yeah, it's just like absolutely, and it's the ideological differences that separated them from being the close friends that they once were. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and, and it, it's them both fighting over, like calling back to your point, that father figure that they're like, okay, so we have this brilliant kid who's had no direction, and we both have this longing to kind of rear and shape inspiring minds, and we have a kid here with absolutely nowhere to go but is the most brilliant person that we've ever seen. So we're going on both ends of the spectrum here on where they think it is like is best for him to end up. So that that's where you get the initial conflict between those two, which I think is best. And then it's really like, as much as it's about Will hunting, it's more about them trying to come to grips with who they are and whether or not the paths they've chosen were right. For, for them. Yeah, absolutely. Cause with Skellen Skarsgård character, you always get the sense too, and it, I, I like how under the radar it is, where it's just like this guy definitely sleeps with his students. Like he definitely yes. has that. Oh, that you, right you, away. you totally get that vibe. Yeah. Unless you want to get a drink with me, 
you know, or and maybe you know, after. <laughs> and the and the fight of it is is that you know he has all the accolades. He's the MIT professor. Robin Williams is just community college professor, but he found the love of his life, and nothing else really mattered to him outside of that. And he accomplished what he wanted in life because he found his partner, uh, Nancy, and that is that is like it's just ideological differences and like you hear it where in terms of like you you know ron williams is very much like we need to let will make this decision for him and like he knows him just so much more on that intimate level that it and obviously the audience from their perspective is like rooting for him because i don't because i think part of the framing is a little bit that skeleton scars guards like the quote-unquote antagonist in this but i it's i don't really see it as an antagonist i just it's just like pure he's slightly off yeah it, well it's just he's he has his best interests in mind but his way of getting it was mm-hmm. i was pushed and pushed and pushed mm-hmm. and put in situations i wasn't comfortable in and i succeeded and that's what he knows so that's what he's trying to coach will to do where after getting to know will hunting a little bit we understand that's mm-hmm. that's not the that's right not path him. for him that's yeah. that's that's, mm-hmm. that's he does not work well with authority figures um you know even at the end he tries to make the get the job right and then he just he decides one day he's mm-hmm. got to go see got to go see about a girl he can't let it get away and yeah. and he drives off which per- perfect perfect ending perfect absolutely ending. amazing and you know and and like kind of to go off of your point there on like who the antagonist is um yes me i'd say that will hunting is his own antagonist oh, you yeah. know like yeah. if you like and, and there's not really many movies that really kind of capture that theme. You see it a lot in literature. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. you have like themes of like man versus nature and man versus man, man versus himself. You don't really see a lot of man versus himself things in film. And this really captures that ideology perfectly because he can't get out of his own way, <laughs> no matter like what is standing in front of him, you know? He, he, he's the worst part about it, like where he just gets himself to these situations. He doesn't apply himself. I mean, like the fact that like, even his like fucking like jerk off friends are just like, dude, like what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it's the fear of taking the next step and it stems from just bouncing around from foster home to foster home and severe abuse. Uh, in his adolescence that has put him into this point where he's just like I this is what I know this is what I'm comfortable with Uh, I don't want you know he's one of those I don't want anything to change and there's a lot of people who are like that who just do not want anything to change they want their small little town to look the same it did when they were growing up they don't want anything different and you know there is a value to that but you know when you're when you're as gifted as Will Hunting is, and I, you know that is obviously a ego trip by Matt Damon to make himself like mm-hmm. boy genius yeah. of the world, like smartest man to ever roam the earth, where he can solve quantum physics and then also de- you know defend himself in court just from reading books. Um, but I think it works in the movie's favor that they don't really try to explain it too much in detail about how his brain works. Um, or try to like give some big speech. Like I think the scene with Minnie he was Driver, born like a uh, fucking like this time and hour and like this a is pro- superhero origin story. Well, yeah. it was never really diagnosed with anything, but you're left to kind of put the pieces together yourself. He obviously has a photographic memory because yeah. he's able to recite things from the page number, so he has a photographic memory, and it's just he, comprehension but, skills. That's yeah, that's what yeah. It is. And, he, and yeah, he just he can comprehend fucking quantum physics and mathematics like a fucking calculator. So what more could you yeah. ask for? 
Yeah. And, you know, probably where he was growing up, you know, he was the guy kid who would read in his room, but you know, he's, he's got to protect himself. He's got to be tough. Like he can't be the one doing great in school. Like, you know, he can't. and he's always trying to hide things that his intelligence in a way. I mean, even when he's doing the equations on the, the mirror in his apartment, he goes and erases it immediately. He doesn't want anybody. To, he, he wants to be able to show off that he's this genius, but he doesn't really want to own it in, a, in some respect, which is kind of strange. And I guess it's just more of his insecurity that he, he doesn't even want to own the gift that he's been given. And we see that yeah. come up throughout the whole movie. They're just saying, you, you know, you've got a winning lottery ticket and you don't want to cash it in. You're too much of chicken. Yeah, I love that fight. Well, and there's also that great uh, scene in the the park. It was after it's the second session that Will and and Sean have yes. uh, in the park where Sean just calls him out on his bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is now a that bench. There is a statue of Robin Williams in that spot, which is a very nice touch to one of the late great uh, actors of the twentieth twentieth century. There, but being like I, I, I just. Actually- I see an I, I, I see an insecure little punk. That's what I, I see. Insecure little punk. I love their first interaction too. When Will first comes into Sean's office and he starts smoking immediately, and he's just ripping apart. He's insulting his books, his education, his artwork. He doesn't have any idea of the fact that the guy's wife has died of cancer, and he's just like blowing smoke in his face. Yeah. When uh, I, I also just a great trick with the lighting as he gets closer to that the the painting on the wall or by the window, the light starts to get really hot, and you can tell that he's going up like you're. You're fucking with something you shouldn't be messing with here. You're, you know, you're putting your hand on the stove or whatever. And then as soon as Will leaves the room, the, the the color palette changes entirely, and it all cools back down. And it's just Sean left alone in his own head. Uh, and I just it's yeah. a great detail. It's great. It's great direction overall. And Rob Williams in this movie, as someone who's never seen this movie before, um, I knew like that it's not your fault scene. I kind of expected it to be more like Patch Adams type Rob Williams, where he's like <laughs> gonna be like making more jokes and stuff like that or whatever. <laughs> To be honest, I, I, he, I, he pulls I, a big red nose out of his desk. Oh, no, 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 not like that, not like that. But I mean, like, like, he was gonna have like more gags or something like that. But it was like really like more like restrained. No, no, no. This was actually the first serious role I saw Robin Williams in. I think for most, I think for most people, this was the first serious role yeah. that they saw him in, uh, and it definitely changed that perception. I mean, he went on to win the Oscar for good for this performance. Um, mm-hmm. But Can we talk first about how crazy that Oscar race was right there. So it was between Robin Williams and Google Hunting, Robert Forrester and Jackie Brown, um, mm. and Burt Reynolds and Boogie Nights. Like those are like the big three. Whoa. Right so best like, supporting actor. Best supporting actor that year at the Oscars. Wow. So like any of those three. Big year. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins and Amstead also and Greg Kinnearing as good as it gets. Whatever about those they two. were the they were the other two. There was a big three there, yeah. And yeah, Burt Burt Reynolds is um interesting because burt reynolds like uh there was the great grantland piece on the history of boogie nights because it was such a fascinating production because it was like the first mainstream movie to like dive into the adult film industry um but burt reynolds like during the promotion of it like he didn't think he thought it was going to be a bomb he thought nobody was going to like it he didn't realize it would like put him into a status that he probably he was more of like the action stunt man where it was like oh this guy can seriously has acting chops um he you know i think mark Wahlberg said it was like yeah burt could have won best supporting actor that year but he didn't campaign at all like he he didn't he think, hated boogie nights yeah he hated it <laughs> yeah he was like fuck this movie this movie's just like uh whatever and he, he got fights with paul Thomas Anderson like all the time from, from remember <laughs> yeah everybody but we, we'll cover boogie nights at 
at some point we'll find somebody that's never seen boogie nights um like have you early. seen boogie nights i've never seen boogie nights oh, oh there we go there we go oh, there, there we go, go. There we go. There we great go. great movie we'll that quartet back <laughs> that and wonderland too which are kind of about the same person but like different movies that's Wonderland's really the val Kilmer one where he's like john holmes or whatever yeah but that's the thing is mark Mark Wahlberg is supposed to be a young John Holmes. That's uh, that's like one of those movies I watched on IMDb. That's like Wonderland was one of those movies I watched probably on IMDb when I was thirteen because it's a TVMAS. (laughs) Strictly and like (laughs) IMDb, I was like, all right, I gotta watch this. Yeah, classic time. Uh, back to Goodwill Hunting and the scene talking to Um get off, uh, Boy, that fell off off the rails quick. Smut laden. You smut laden men. It, it is um, my fault. Talkers. I'm sorry. It is my fault. <laughs> and but I for for me because you know it's that scene that first interaction which is so fantastic. It's very clear that Will just does not respect Sean and in the slightest, and he just wasn't going to. He just doesn't respect therapy. I do. I think the only reason he and it's j- just the context of it. The fact that he laid his hands on him. It's like and it's that weird parental thing, right? Like mm-hmm. where it's like that father relationship where he puts his hands on him. It's like one that that toughness aspect, but two, it, from like oh, like that's the kind of relationship that he knows, so it's familiar to him to get to be yeah. assaulted, to be to have physically his hand, reprimanded, yeah, to, have, to be physically reprimanded. Like that's how you communicate with someone like that, mm-hmm. um, and it also just set that that boundary of 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 like, no, you like you crossed a line, son. Like you can you cannot. Do that. If you ever disrespect my wife again, I will end you. I will fucking end you. <laughs> Got that, Chief? And and I th- I think the beauty because I think it's w- one of the more su- more in the subtext of the the plot of the movie is that um, you know a lot of it is that is Sean telling Will like you're brilliant but you don't you don't you haven't lived life like you don't know anything about like like you're, you're not you're not smart like you're intelligent you're a genius but you're not. You have no experience. Like you just know South Boston, and that's it. And it's very nice that he took the risk and the gamble to just drive out west and and see about a girl. Um, to... Sean feels like he's seen everything in the world, and Will thinks he knows everything about the world. Neither one of them is right. Yeah, they, they both have something to teach each other and to learn from each other. Yeah. yeah, and 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 Sean learns from Will that like, hey, like you have a lot to offer and a lot to live for. Like you lost the love of your life, but. Why are you? Why aren't you putting your chips back on the table? Like, mm-hmm. like it's time for you to do that. And it's it's good that they have that relationship together. Uh, honest to God, just talking about this movie, it's it's so damn good. It's so damn good. But let's go on. <laughs> really? to, yeah. yeah let's really go. Doesn't mess. Let's go on to the uh, let's go on to the category that we all know the winner is. But I am a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. So speaking of Boogie Nights, who is the star of the movie? Who gave the best performance? Steve, I'm going to kick it over to you first. I mean, I'm, for me, it's uh, Robin Williams because, I mean, if I hear one more Boston accent out of either fucking Matt Damon or Ben Affleck, I was going to jump off the green monster. All right. <laughs> no, but like, you know, what do you think about them apples? <laughs> it, it, like, just... The way that Robin Williams matched Matt Damon's energy in that movie is not to mention out of a, an actor comedian, really, that like really wasn't expected to really perform in a serious role, but then matches the energy from a character like Goodwill Hunting 
in such a way that like you know actually broke him down to its core like it, I, I don't know for me it, it was definitely robin williams just because it opened my eyes to who he like really could be as an actor his potential but, but the first time i saw it at least but well, movie yeah, became well, an instant classic from that a lot, a lot of people like you know. We think of Rob Williams as this goofy guy, but I mean, he has had his like share there affair uh, of like you know serious roles, and this is I oh, realize really? it the pinnacle of them. I mean, like Fisher King is really good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other like really dark ones. Bicentennial Man, I remember had some dark moments. I know Father, <laughs> world's, I, I, world, I, world's greatest the, dad. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the one. that one's very good too. Yeah, but I mean, he was just like <laughs> magnetic, and he took over this movie. I mean, like you know, best supporting actor is exactly what it is. Where he takes the second he enters this movie, the movie ships. And it shifts for a good point right here. And Absolutely. he just essentially takes control. He takes the driver's seat of the movie. And it essentially just becomes, in some certain aspects, let me get to the next Ron Williams scene. You know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. So easily he's like the champion of this movie and he won the movie. <laughs> Blake, what do you think? I mean, I just think Casey Affleck's great. I, I you like just, to you just stole my joke. You just stole my joke. God damn it. I was about to say. I was about I, to I say. like all the bit characters. I I, I like uh, Bill, the other the other, their other friend who's just like either hung over or drunk the entire time. Uh we lost her there. Yeah, the entire time. And he's like trying to tell him like, you know. You're, you're doing some amazing stuff here and you don't appreciate it. He's just so envious of that relationship. I, it's a real like Mr. Smithers uh, role. Yes, he, he is a, a <laughs> little Mr. Smithers kind of character. Like they're yeah. hanging out, talking together. And then as soon as Gerald comes in the room, he doesn't want to talk to Tom. He just wants him to go get his coffee for him. Go be my yeah. errand boy. Uh, yeah, I, there are a lot of great supporting cast members in this. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to go for the obvious one and pick the guy who won the Oscar. But, Don't uh, be a contrarian. Just yeah, no, fucking no, say Rob Williams. Williams. <laughs> I'll see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. We're a hive mind here on haven't seen it. Hive mind. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna hive mind here because I'm. I was gonna make a joke about Casey Affleck having to forcing me to turn on the subtitles so I could hear him slur through his lines. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's. It's. I mean, it's just Robin Williams. It's just like um, we, it, you can't. I, you can't see anybody else in that role. Yeah, no, not at all. I I do want to shout out though my favorite scene in the movie, the movie I knew uh, scene I knew going in because of a happy hour we did or power hour we did once uh, of that guy at the bar who like tries to show up them up uh, by like all of his facts and knowledge. Matt Damon just yes. dresses him down, mealy yep. all time scene right there. I, I forget what the character's name was, but like fucking mm-hmm. just like I always think of Jay and Sob Bob Strike Back bringing it back to Kevin Smith, <laughs> yes. where it's just like I found it shallow and pedantic. <laughs> oh yeah, shallow and pedantic. Oh, I don't like the sound of them apples, Will. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine if this were a Kevin Smith movie and Jay and oh. Silent Bob had an appearance in Goodwill. They, he had to shoehorn him in. Like that's an honest contract. Like they must yeah. be in this fucking movie. Where yeah. do where do Will and his friends get their drugs? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Every movie. That's how you read them in. Yeah. Everyone needs drugs. Oh, <laughs> man, we... also in that scene how when that happens right after the, the fight scene. So like they go into this Harvard bar and they all have like cut lips and busted noses and Morgan's got a black eye and it's just like these awful creatures who just show up in this this genius bar and they're like who the hell are these creeps hanging around I just thought that was really funny I hadn't noticed that until I watched it just this last time but they all they're all beaten 
when they yeah. walk in there. <laughs> They're all yeah. fucking cut up and everything. It's just like casual. Oh, it's Southie or Boston, whatever. Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, and it also makes sense why why many drivers started to like become attracted to to Will because like he comes in and he's just like, why don't you have any original thoughts? Like, okay, yeah, I know exactly what I am. Like, it's very funny because that's like like the confidence comes through there, but then like all his other actions when he's not with her and especially when he like has his meltdown and he leaves her it's you really see his insecurities but like to her from what she sees of will it's just a it's a very secure man like just confident in who he is like being like well why don't you have an original thought yeah i got the same education for 250 down at the library and late judges <laughs> and that's that's all it needed to be all right boys would goodwill hunting work as a muppet adaptation I'm, nah. and I, I, nah. I can't see it i mean would, no. would rob would, would rob williams be the only human in this situation you have rob williams to this has got to be one of he's gotta be fozzy he's gotta be fozzy bear because he's oh like, yeah Fo- fozzy's rob williams he's yeah, a, yeah he's, you're right it's, it's not, not your fault, fault. Waka. Waka, 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 it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault, waka, waka. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that would be the whole payoff. Other than that, it would just be fucking, like, who wants to listen to Kermit the Frog fucking debate about what? Gordon Wood and quantum physics? <laughs> That'd be um, great. Well, do you have a thought of your own? Or do you have anything to contribute? <laughs> you going to regurgitate the whole book? Yeah. Are you going to regurgitate the whole book? Gonzo's obviously Ben Affleck. Just I, would like just keep, like... I would just keep Stellan Skarsgård as the only human. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Muppet. This, this Muppet Casey, has and potential. Casey, and Casey Affleck. Those are the only yeah, two. Casey Affleck already is a Muppet in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, we don't need to replace him at all. Uh, um. That's imagine Fozzie like, oh, that's a joke. Waka waka, want to hear another joke? <laughs> this is one of those so out of left field Muppet adaptations that, like, I would be so genuinely curious. Like, it's in the hands of Disney, so I know that they would fuck it up regardless. But uh, oh, totally. no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Disney. If you hear us, uh, if you actually want to hire us to do Muppet consultation, we've uh, got a ways to go, buddy. We're we're we're, we're, we're kidding. We're kidding. We're kidding. I, I got I, I gotta ask though, like being in this is like the fourth time that I'm on your podcast now. Is, third, and third. I think Yes, this is three. Okay. So um past two times were yeses to um the Muppet adaptation. Is there ever, is it mostly yeses to the Muppet adaptation, or do you normally get no's? And nobody knows because I mean it depends on the type of movie we're covering because like the movie needs to be like somewhat sort of wacky like from Dust Till Dawn it was wacky so you can see that being fucking easily like all day. True. Yeah. Um, no, hundred percent. But yeah. like, how often do you find yourself saying no? I feel like that's a rarity based off of the movies that you guys review. I know. I know. It I, the... I I think it's like a probably like almost like a fifty fifty shot. Really depends, especially like you know some months like October usually we're like. Fuck yeah, like Muppets, like Muppet Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's just see like fucking Muppet innards like fucking go everywhere. Muppet felt. <laughs> I, I think in terms of like movies that we've done where it's been like definitive, like this would work. Beetlejuice was one of them that we were like, this this would translate. It practically is. It has that, puppets yeah. already. Yeah, <laughs> that it would translate seamlessly. Um, I think I'm trying to go through like ones that we did. Like I think we said Willy Wonka would work, obviously. That just like yeah. has that kid vibe to it. Would go would work really well. It, it, they're they're mostly like parts of them would work, but as a whole, as a whole, no. 
But if the, the yeah. best the best would be Muppets Basic Instinct, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, Miss Miss, Miss Piggy as Sharon Stone. The leg, the leg cross would be the leg cross would be iconic. All right, boys, review time. Give me your scores out of five. Uh, Tommy, I'm gonna let you kick it off. All right, uh, there's a lot of pressure going first. So uh, this is a, a great movie. I mean, this really moved me, and especially like the not not, uh, not your fault scene. Even though it's a thing that I've known for years and years, still really worked, still really hit. Great performances. Ron Williams is incredible. Um, the whole script is like airtight. I'm gonna go five out of five. There's not really uh, any real problems I can find in this movie. This movie's kind of airtight and great watch. I'm gonna rewatch this again and again and again. So really glad I finally saw this. <laughs> Upstairs, Steve. What about you? Uh, I'll, I'll give it. Uh, I'll give it four and a half only because uh, it. It has to make me come in order for me to give it five stars. All right, all right. My mother, my mother listens to this. Can you please? Figuratively, not literally, guys. Come on, get get with the program. That's why I call him upstairs, Steve. Hey, hey, upstairs, Steve and the boys. Listen, buddy, I don't know. It's got it's got a really polished five out of five. You know what I mean? Maybe they're from New York. That's the only difference. The whole entire movie is the same, just in New York City. Yeah, and I listen, fucking, I'm way too much of a Yankee fan. Yeah. Martin Scorsese's Goodwill Hunting. Uh, yes, that's five out of five all day. All right. Hey, what are you fucking regurgitated over here? Reading a lot of Gordon Wood? Hey, hey, the, the part it was in Boston. Yeah, you should. Yes, yes, that is true. And that works. Oh, all right. Blake. Well, I won't be the only one then. I will also give it a five out of five. I established that I love this movie uh, <laughs> a lot. So yes. I'm, I'm not even at front and say, oh, you know, this could be improved. No, it's a great movie. It's, it's one of my favorite five. movies, two out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has it's not elves. Wes Anderson. It's not five stars. It has it has <laughs> elves in it, two out of five. Tommy Tiffany. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go five out of five. I just think this is I think this is both Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's best movie. Like uh, they've done yeah. a lot of work since then. Some good, some a lot of bad. Um, but I, I still think this is the best movie they've ever done. I think it's one of those movies that the that you'll still talk about 50 years from now. And I think that's truly a sign of a five out of five movie. Um so Goodwill Hunting, five out of five, and then a four and a half out of five, uh, not allowing me to do my what a picture sound drop, but that's okay. Uh, so upstairs, Steve Horseshoe Blake, thanks for coming on, boys. This has been a blast. Thanks, for thanks so much for having me again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll have to have you both on again. Uh, Boogie Nights. We'll we'll find a time in the, maybe in August. Mm. We'll 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 do a little uh, mm. put, on, ask, put on our boogie shoes. Ask your mother if I'm if, I, if I'm allowed to come on after this again. Well, is that going to get the five out of five stars because Boogie Nights? <laughs> yes. Well, no. I, yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> by your metrics. By your metrics. By metrics. Yeah. That's by a four metrics, out of five out of five. That's 100%. That's the, that's well, the biggest five out of five not, movie let's ever. Let's not spoil it. People only listen to this for the score. Strap on your roller skates, people. We're doing Boogie Nights. Save Absolutely. that one for your next intro. So we'll do Boogie Nights. <laughs> we'll do Boogie Nights at some point this summer. Uh, Tommy, any final thoughts before we uh, head off? Um, yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on social media at CNET Pod. That's on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. And uh, leave us a five star review. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast really helps out the show and uh, helps us build a show. Uh, so you know, we're building up our July schedule, but uh, we have one that Timmy is really excited about for uh, Maholan Drive. 
He's mm-hmm. finally making me watch it with uh, the film versus film guys. So I have the, I have the Criterion Blu-ray. I'm very excited to watch <laughs> it again. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you in July, and we'll see you upstairs, Steve and Blake, when we schedule out boogie nights. Hey, oh. <laughs>